Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. And if this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we've got a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the Word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's Word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now, from this day forward, that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, Lord, I ask you now, Lord, that you would, Lord, move me out of this way. Speak to your people. Have your way this morning. Say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Father, Lord, this is your platform. Lord, I'm just a tool for your choosing. Father God, Lord, minister to your people your gospel. Father God, I thank you, Lord that you are, Father God, the God of our salvation. Father God, you're the God of our transformation. And Father God, Lord, that you come now, Lord, to transform us, Lord, into that which, Lord, you created us to be. Father God, use us for your glory. Father God, Lord, that the kingdom would be made better. Father God, Lord, that you would do the things in our life, Lord, that you so desire to be done. Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Speak, Lord, for me, speak through me. And Father God, Lord, we declare, Lord, that this gospel, Lord, shall be preached to the ends of the earth. Father God, preparing the way, Lord, for your return. Thank you, Lord, for Lord, for every opportunity. Father God, Lord, for every life, Father God, this shall be touched. And we declare a multiplication work that is taking place even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, as you may know, October is Clergy Appreciation Month. The time that we honor the leaders who watch over our soul. And... Pastor Stephanie and I recognized that we could not do this work without the help of our partners. So for the past few years, God has placed it in our spirit to honor those who serve with us because they truly make our job a joy and not a burden. So each year we've designated the last week of October Partner Appreciation Week. And this morning we want to thank all of you who partner with us and help us to fulfill the tremendous call of God on our lives. And if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. See, he has chosen us to be his change agents in the earth. And our job as believers is to be salt and light, to change the flavor of our environment wherever we go, to influence those we come in contact with, because as Pastor Vita reminded us on last Sunday, we are ambassadors for Christ. But in order to fulfill the vision that God has for this ministry and have the kind of impact and influence that he intended, 
is going to require a real commitment. So this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject committed to the cause. Is that all right? Open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. And when you get there, let's look at verse 47. I mean, I'm sorry, verse 42. Acts chapter two, beginning at verse 42. And let's take a look at the model church because that's where everything started. That was the prototype. That's the one that all of us should be looking at when we look at how the modern day church should be set up, how we should be functioning. Acts chapter two, beginning at verse 42. And here it reads, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Here we see they made the three C's their top priority. Christ, community, and communication with God. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Well, the Bible says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So they committed themselves to the gospel of Christ. They made the word their top priority. Jesus himself said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Then they developed a faith-based community by building relationships through fellowship, breaking bread together regularly. See, one of the things that hinders most believers from reaching their full potential in Christ is the law of association. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, the Bible tells us that bad company corrupts good character. But after we are born again, the majority of us never change our associations. We never develop a faith-based community. We don't surround ourselves with people of like precious faith, people who believe like we believe. It goes on to say that they devoted themselves to prayer. They made constant communication with the Father a priority. Because in order to experience what God has in store for us, we must be able to hear from God and do what he says. Now, as a result of their commitment, Look at what happened. Look at the impact it had on those around them. In verse 43, it says, everyone was filled with awe. That word awe means a profound respect and reverence for God. Somebody type in the comments, your commitment will have an impact on those you come in contact with. Uh, watch this. A few weeks ago, uh, I had the privilege of preaching a revival down in Portsmouth, Virginia. And while we were down in the Chesapeake area, my wife and I went to lunch with a young lady who I went to college with and used to work with years ago. And whenever I'm in, in anywhere in her vicinity, anytime I'm 
able to see her, spend time with her, uh, keep in touch with her. I always do because she's very near and dear to my heart. The reason is because she knew me when I was unsaved. And while I was unsaved, she constantly ministered to me. She would always try to minister to me. She would always try to evangelize to me. She would always talk to me about the word of God. And, and I'm telling you, I, I was not receptive. I would argue with her. I would question her. I would debate with her. I would always, I, I would give her the business as I would say. And she would always just walk away and say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. But one thing that always resonated with me was the consistency in her life. See, I may not have always wanted to hear what she had to say, but I knew what to expect. I respected her life. And that's why it's important to be committed to have a pattern of consistency. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I remember doing my anniversary celebration last month. Uh, one of the things my wife remarked about was how she frequently hears testimonies that people make about me that one of the comments that people always seem to have is that they constantly remark about my consistency. Well, why is that so important? Because it says right here in the text, it says, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. See, when you're committed to the cause, when you're consistent, God can do what he desires. And we will see his vision come to pass. Look at verse 46. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here we see that their devotion was not a temporary thing, but instead they remained committed to the gospel of Christ. They devoted themselves to the word, developing a faith-based community, building relationships through intentional fellowship and to prayer, constant communication with the father. And because of that, God continued to do what he desired among them. He added to their number daily, those who were being saved. Now, how many of you would like God to use you for his purpose? How many of you would like to see his vision for this ministry to come to pass? Well, how many of you are willing to remain committed to the gospel of Christ, making his word a priority? How many of you are willing to remain committed to developing a faith-based community? building relationships through intentional fellowship. How many of you are willing to remain committed to prayer, constant communication with the father so that you can receive instructions and obey his will? Well, that's awesome. But there's one more thing we need to address. Look at verse 44. Here he says, all the believers were together and had everything in common selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. In other words, they were willing to make a capital investment. 
See, if we're going to fulfill the vision that God has for the ministry and make the kind of impact that he intended, we must not only be committed to the word. We must not only be committed to community, building relationships. We must not only be committed to constant communication with the father through prayer, but we must also be willing to invest our capital. Oh, let me help y'all see this. Uh, go over to Ecclesiastes chapter nine. Ecclesiastes chapter nine. How many of you are frustrated with the direction that the world is going? We're seeing wars take place, laws being passed that are unjust and immoral. Things happening in our school system, the political climate is out of control. Well, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, beginning at verse 14. Here it says, there was a little city with few men in it. That'll preach all by itself. Men, where you at? Yeah. He, he says there was a little city with few men in it. See, yeah, men make a difference. Oh, I'm not trying to go there, but we need to understand that men make a difference. It says, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. See, that's what happens when there's a lack of men. See, defenses are down. They be, people become vulnerable to snares. Yeah. He says, there was, now there was found in it a poor wise man. And by his wisdom delivered the city. Come on now. It says there was a poor wise man and he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. So there's a poor wise man and he used his wisdom to get the city out of his dilemma. It says yet no one remembered that same poor wise man. Even though he was the one who had the wisdom to get the city out of the bad situation it was in, Says nobody remember him. Says then I said wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his, his words are not heard. Well, what are you getting at, Pastor? Well, one of the things I used to say years ago in ministry was that our church was the best kept secret in the kingdom. Because I used to look at the revelation God gave me. I would look at the vision he had given me, how to develop our people, how, how to develop people and help them grow and to become mature disciples. And look at the maturity level of the people who are part of our ministry. And I'm like, man, God is doing a great work. And God said one day, and I, I used to say that it was the best kept secret in the kingdom. And one day God said, well, stop keeping it a secret. See, I realized even though we possess the truth, 
And we had all the tools to make people's lives better without the proper resources. They were of no value. They were considered worthless because people would not have access to them. And then God gave me the vision for the My Church channel. God said, you don't have to just worry about trying to deal with a handful of people. You don't have to worry about trying to get yourself to the world. You don't have to worry about trying to get the tools that I give you and trying to bring people to you. I'm going to give you a vision and a mechanism to get those tools to the rest of the world. See, if we truly desire to have the influence and impact that God intended, we've got to be committed to the cause. See, one of the constant testimonies that I've heard from many of our partners is I've grown in this ministry in a few short years, months, more than I have in all of my years in church. And I don't take that as a personal thing. I take that as this is what God is doing. And so it would be selfish of us to keep what we receive to ourselves. But in order to share that with the rest of the world, that requires resources. But the good news is the resources are already available. All we have to do is access them. What are you talking about, Pastor? Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And when you get there, look at verse 1. Here it says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. In other words, allow with me, allow me to share with you what God was able to do through the churches of Macedonia. He says that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. He said, even though they were under a great deal of pressure, even though there was a, a recession, uh, there was a financial crisis, even though gas prices were going up, even though groceries were high, even though people weren't working, people unemployment rate was up. He said, even though there were some hard times going around, they were more than glad to give what little they had because they were committed to the cause. And they trusted God for their provision. Oh, I need you to catch this. Look at verse three. He says, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. See, it was their sincere desire to be a blessing and to be a part of what God was doing in the kingdom through that ministry. The fact that they were willing to give regardless of what they had that allowed them to tap into God's resources. See, they were so excited about what God was doing through that ministry that they said, I just want to be able to make an investment into what God is using to change other people's lives. Look at verse five. He says, and not only as we had hoped, 
but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Notice they didn't give because we asked them to, but they first committed themselves to the Lord. See, the key is so many people get caught up in this giving thing, thinking that I'm, I'm not going to give them because they're asking for my money. I will never ask you for anything because I don't need anything from you. Oh, can I help you? Uh, because I've heard so many people say, well, you giving that preacher your money, that preacher got more money than you got. Well, guess what? First of all, you have to recognize the Bible says that the greater blesses the lesser. So in order for me to expect a blessing from you, I would have to be in a lower condition than you. So I would never ask you to bless me. My expectation of blessing would always come from God because he's the only one that I want to be beneath. He's the only one I would rather be in a lesser condition than because he's the one that I always would know would be more blessed than me. And the Bible says, when you do what you do as unto the Lord, he shall replay. So I would never be indebted to any man. I will always look to God to pour back into me for everything I pour out. But because of that, I always want to invest in whatever God is doing. Because if I invest in what God is doing, then God is the one who owes me a dividend. God is the one that owes me profits. God is the one who's going to pour back into me for what I poured in. Because that's what the Bible says. Oh, you got to get it. He says they committed themselves to the Lord. That's why we're talking about being committed to the cause. I didn't ask you to be committed to the pastor. Don't be committed to the church. Be committed to the cause of Christ. He says, and then to us. See, because if you're committed to the cause of Christ, you're committed to what Christ said he wants to do and what Christ said he wants to do through the My Church virtual ministries, through what he said he wants to do through the My Church channel. Then if you're committed to the cause of Christ, then you'll be committed to what he wants to do through this ministry. And so then you'll do what's necessary in order for this ministry to go forth. See, what most people don't understand is that giving doesn't have anything to do with the pastor or the church. It's about your commitment to God. And until you settle that, you'll never do what God says you should do according to the scriptures. And that won't happen without teaching. Look at verse six. He says, so we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. He said, that's why he told Titus, make sure that you continue and finish like you started. Make sure you can complete explaining this thing to them, making sure that they have an understanding of how this principle works. He said, but as you abound in everything, the same way that you have taught them about faith, speech, knowledge, and diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. He said, if you're going to teach them about all of the other graces, about all of the other works of Christ, then make sure you teach them about this one as well. Look at what he says. You become committed to the word, development community, to prayer, to works, even confession. But now make it your business to become committed to giving as well. Notice what he says in verse eight. He says, I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. In other words, I'm not telling you that you have to, but your commitment to giving is an indicator 
of the sincerity of your love. Well, well, wait a minute. How, how do you figure that, Pastor? Because the you only, only you know what God did in your life. Oh, I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. See, your giving is an indicator of the sincerity of your love because you're the only one who knows what God did in your life. So when God asks you to do something and you judge what you do, it's determined on how you feel about what God has done. Mm. See, certain people will ask you to do stuff and based on how you feel about what they've done for you, how obligated you feel to do. What you want to do for them is based on what you feel about what they've done in your life. See, it tests the sincerity of your love. How you feel about them. Look at verse nine. He says, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, though he was rich yet for your sakes, he became poor that through his poverty, you might become rich. See, giving is a matter of the heart. We wouldn't have what we have if it weren't for him. So we can't say we love him and refuse to give. Well, I, I, I still, I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, turn over to Matthew chapter 15. And let me prove it to you. Matthew chapter 15. And look at verse 8. Here Jesus says, this people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, it's right there in the scripture. Jesus says, we can't just say we're committed because our hearts will tell on us. So, so what are you getting at, pastor? Well, the Bible says where your heart is, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So he says, you can't just say you're committed with your mouth, with your lips. He said, because your heart is far from you. See, because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So your treasure is far from me. So when he says they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, what he's really saying is that most people have no problem praising God but they'll withhold their treasure. And the problem is selfishness. We have a natural desire to take care of ourselves, which is birthed in the flesh. See, we're all about that me, me, mine, and what's in it for me. But that's not what God desires. The Bible says the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Somebody type in the comments, God is looking for true worshipers. And if there's nothing more to your worship than what you say, then your worship is not true. Because nowhere in the scriptures do you see a true worshiper enter the presence of God without a sacrifice. As a matter of fact, go over to Genesis chapter 22. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. Genesis chapter 22 and look at verse 1. Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse one. Here it reads. Now it came to pass 
after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abram, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So Abram arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abram said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Now, there are a couple of things I want you to notice. First, look at what he said. He says, stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship. That word worship means to show adoring reverence. In other words, to express love and honor. Well, one of the things we always tell couples in couples counseling, it's important to un understand each other's love language, because if you're going to express love and honor to somebody, it's important that you understand how you express and receive love, how you're, how the person you're in a relationship with expresses and receives love. So if you're going to express and receive love from God, you need to understand how he expresses and receives love. You need to understand his love language. Well, the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. So if you're going to express your love to God, you can't just tell God you love him because his love language is giving. Oh, I, I just need somebody to catch that right there. How he expresses love and honor is through giving. Remember, Jesus said they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He said they withhold their treasure. See, because a true worshiper does not enter the presence of God without a sacrifice. Oh, can I prove to you that this was not a one-time thing? This was not an accident. Look at verse 6. It says, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, all Abraham said was, we're going to worship. And Isaac thought to himself, all my life, I've seen my daddy worship. And anytime he's shown adoring reverence, anytime he's expressed love and honor to God, it included a sacrifice. So something is missing. Somebody type in the comment, he was committed to giving. Watch this. The reason why some of us still only make minimal investments in the kingdom is not that we can't afford it. It's because that's all we ever saw. See, our parents gave us a couple of coins, a couple of dollars to put in the church so that's what we did. But there was no love involved. There was no honor involved. 
So you've got to be careful how you train up your children. See, when we raised Kaya and Courtney, we taught them to give, to sow, to serve, because we wanted them to know what it was to develop a true relationship with God, to be invested in the things of the kingdom. Uh, look at verse nine. It says, they came to the place which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched it out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. In other words, now I know you truly honor me because you have withheld the thing. You have not withheld the thing you treasured most. You were willing to make the sacrifice. See, because Abraham was committed to the cause. His worship was more than just lip service. He was willing to make a capital investment. See, because a true worshiper will not enter the presence of God without a sacrifice. See, people who are devoted to God realize that what they have is not their own. So anything God asks for, he can have access to. And that's the reason why they always have something to give. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? See, we need to get to a place where we make a commitment to the things of God. We've got to learn to release what God has put in our hands and offer it willingly simply because we understand that it will benefit the kingdom. Because when we're committed to the cause, you recognize that the things God has placed in your hand are intended for kingdom purpose. The Bible says you are blessed to be a blessing. Somebody type in the comments, everything you have was meant to benefit the kingdom. So you ought to be glad to give. Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to get you to this place of understanding why partnership is so important. Why this is such a powerful thing and why your commitment means so much to ministry. Second Corinthians chapter. Now look at verse seven. He says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. Amplified reads a little differently. He says, let each one give as he made up his mind his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully under compulsion for God loves. He takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. See, when we give, we're not supposed to do it grudgingly or out of necessity. Now, if pastor Stephanie had my wallet, and I told her to give me $100 out of my wallet. Would she be reluctant or sorrowful about it? No. Why? Because it's mine. And she knows I only gave it to her. And she would only be giving it back. 
She was only holding it for me for a little while. See, the reason why we become reluctant to give is because we thought it was ours. But the Bible says the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. He says the silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So you've got to recognize everything you have does not belong to you. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 29. Oh, I'm telling you, you got to get this. Oh, we almost done a couple of more scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 29. And when you get there, look at verse 14. Here he says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own have we given you. Now, if you grew up in the traditional church, in the denominational church, you might know this to be the doxology. All things come from you, O Lord, and of your own we have given thee. Yeah. And this is just simply David saying, who are we and who are these people? He said, who am I and who are these people that we should be able to offer you so willingly as this? He said, because everything we got, we got it from you. And we just giving you your stuff back. In other words, we can't take credit for being generous because all we did was give you your stuff. Look at verse 16. He says, oh Lord, our God, all this advancement, that we've prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. Wow. Look at what he says right there. You test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. So here he shows us that giving is an indicator of what's in your heart and whether or not it's upright. He said, as for me in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. See, God looks at your heart as it pertains to your giving and judges it to be upright when you're willingly give. Hmm. He says, O oh Lord, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, kept this forever in the intent of the thought. Keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart towards you. He said, give these people the right heart and intent as it pertains to sowing and giving towards your kingdom. He says, I give my son Solomon, a loyal heart to keep your commandments, your testimonies, your statutes, to do all the things, to build the temple for which I have made provision. He said, even help Solomon's heart be proper to do with the resources that I give him to support and invest in your kingdom. Then David said to all the assembly, now bless the Lord. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the King. 
See, giving is an act of worship. It's how we show our love and honor toward God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, honor God with your substance. And if we're going to honor him, we must recognize that everything we have comes from him. And we must be willing to release it simply because the Lord has need of it. God desires for us to have the influence and impact in the earth. But in order to do so, we must embrace the vision. Oh, let me help y'all get this. Go over to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. This is the last scripture, but I need you to have. I need you to get it. See, if we're going to have the kind of impact that God wants us to have, the kind of influence, we've got to embrace the vision. Acts chapter 16, look at verse 9. Here it says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to him. Hmm. Here it says, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And after he had seen the vision. So after Paul saw the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. See, when God gives the vision for ministry to the man of God, if you are connected and committed to the cause. You have a responsibility to bring it to pass. And that's what partnership is all about. See, we are one body and God is not going to give all of us a different vision because if we are part of the body, anything God says to us individually is going to line up with the vision for the ministry. And once we have a common vision, we can utilize our faith, our efforts, our resources to bring it to pass for the benefit of the kingdom. And that's called partnership. See, once Paul communicated the vision, the people who were attached to Paul committed themselves to the vision. Uh, let's be clear. It's one thing to come to church. It's another thing to commit to the vision. And in order to have the influence and impact that God intended, we must make the four C's our top priority. We must be committed to the cause of Christ, to the gospel of Christ, making the word our top priority. We must develop a faith-based community, building relationships through fellowship. We must be devoted to prayer because it's going to require constant communication with the father in order to receive and follow instructions. And we must be willing to make a capital investment because ministry requires resources. So the question you have to ask yourself this morning, are you committed to the cause? Because contrary to popular opinion, church should not be about what you get out of it. See, that should only be your initial perspective. Uh, what do you mean, pastor? See, when you're a new believer, you may come to Christ 
to be saved, to be born again, to be transformed into his image. But the Bible says that he gave us some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the works of service. For the building up of the body to a place of maturity. So at some point, your perspective should shift from what you need to what you have to offer. Oh, I need to say that again. At some point in your walk with Christ, your perspective should shift from what you need to what you have to offer because he saved us and called us to be his change agents in the earth. And God has given my church a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. And if you would like to partner with us, we'd be glad to have you. So on this Partner Appreciation Sunday, I want to thank and honor all of those who already partner with us. And I want to invite any of you who would like to be committed to the cause, committed to the gospel of Christ, to developing a community of faith-based believers. Committed to communication with the Father so that you can receive and execute instructions and committed to making a capital investment. If you desire to partner with this ministry to help us fulfill the vision that God has given us, I want to give you that opportunity. We have, we've been given a global mandate, and it's not a small one, to spread the gospel all over around the world. This is an end-time ministry to make sure that people have all the tools they need to live for Christ. You can watch the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Google TV, and now even LG TV. We're constantly expanding. But once again, ministry requires resources. So we want to give everyone an opportunity to partner with us, to be a part of this. Pastor Vita gave us an assignment on last week. And we want to continue to give you that charge. If you want to assist us in that work, first thing I need you to do is make sure you have downloaded the My Church on the Go app on your phone. Make sure you've downloaded the My Church channel on your Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Google TV, or LG TV, whichever device you have. Make sure you bookmark the mychurchchannel.org on your computer. But then I want to make sure that you share it with every person in your contact list, in your phone, in your email. Between now and the end of the year, we want everyone to have access to this ministry tool. This is not about Pastor Tucker and Pastor Stephanie. If you go back and watch this channel, you'll see so many other people preaching, teaching. Because this is the tool that God has given us to make sure that the gospel is available. It's not about me. This is about making sure that when somebody needs a tool about substance abuse, they have access to it. Somebody needs a tool to save their marriage, they have access to it. When somebody needs a tool to help them be a better husband, a better father, they've got access to it. When somebody needs a tool to be a better wife, a better sister, they've got access to it. 
When somebody just needs a laugh, something to make them help encourage and lift that spirit of heaviness and depression, they've got access to it. And we're constantly expanding our program and we're constantly expanding platform and access, giving you access to great men and women of God who are preaching and teaching the gospel all over around the world. People you may have never heard of before, but once you see them, you're like, man, they are anointed. They are blessing my life. Quality word. Why? Because we want to make sure that you have what you need, what God is saying to the body of Christ at this season. And we are making this available worldwide, worldwide. And so if you want to make sure that you're able to help us do what God's called us to do. If God's speaking to your heart right now, we want to make sure you have the ability to do so. So if you desire to sow a financial seed, you can use Cash App, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. Or you can go to our website, lovemychurch.org slash sow a seed. But however you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel to do this work. Because Jesus said that the gospel will be preached till the end of the world. End of the world. And then the end would come. So this is a last day ministry. This allows and makes the way for Jesus to return. This is the mandate he's given us and this is what he's called us to do. To empower believers. To give them the tools that they need so they can stand up and be that next day army. This is what we desire, and this is what we've been put in place to do. Thirdly, if you never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. We want to make sure that you know who Jesus is. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you could be saved. God may be speaking to you right now about making a commitment. See, when we're committed to the cause and we do the cause of Christ, he said he would add to our number daily. So we want to see numbers added. We want to see people come to the body of Christ. We want to see them come to the Lord. So if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died for me. I know there's nothing I could do to save myself. And I need a Savior. And I believe that Jesus loved me enough to give up his life to die on my behalf. And that you raised him on that third day. And now he's been sitting, praying that I would receive a word just like this. To show me who I am in you. So Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to live for you. Make me your, make me your son. Be my father. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. To find a faith-filled community. And if you desire to be a part of the My Church family, just go to our website, lovemychurch.org, click contact us. Fill out a connection card. Let us know you received Christ today. Let us know you're looking for a church home, and we'll be glad to help you become a part of this faith-filled community. We'd be glad to pray with you, help you communicate with the Father, and communicate with the Father on your behalf. But we just desire to be there with you and walk with you through this process. But God bless you today. We love you. Make sure you come back and see us again on next time. I'm Pastor Tuck. Thanks for watching the word at my church. Stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you. We love you. See you again on next time. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. 
and we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.